Let's pray together. Good evening. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. The victims were in airplanes or in their offices, secretaries, businessmen and women, military and federal workers, moms and dads, friends and neighbors. Thousands of lives were suddenly ended by evil, despicable acts of terror. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. Lord, even after 20 years and 80 years later, Lord, we still feel the pain and the suffering of the history of the attack on mankind. And Lord, we are reminded here today that as we're here today, that we must not put our guards down, but we must be alert every single day. Just like Satan, he comes and he comes and he attacks, not just in our minds and in our hearts, but outside, he brings confusion and division within the church and God may we be ready today and be alert and be of sober mind God as you remind us in 1 Peter 5 8 that our enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion he is like a roaring lion he's not a true lion he is a counterfeiter and he does not have the full power the omnipotent power like you O Lord May we not live in fear and in insecurity, but may we trust in you in the power of the Holy Spirit. So God, we cast aside every distraction and every hindrances, and Lord, we look to you and you alone. And may your name be glorified, God, here in this service. And God, and we look to you, God, for strength, and God, for unity within this church. I pray right now, God, you would help us to listen well to the message that you have in store for us. I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart and the meditation of all the hearts for those who will be listening, Lord, may be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. For, Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Father, we love you. We thank you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. May your name be praised. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Let's take a moment to greet each other at this time, and then let's get in with today's message. We are continuing on with our authentic, authentic Christianity series, and the title of today's message is called Saul and the Witch. The death of Saul. Saul and the witch, the death of Saul. It's been a long journey uh, talking about Saul and David, Jonathan, but the end has come with Saul. So let me begin with our first uh, scripture that's found here today, this morning. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9 through 13. Okay, let me begin with this. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in their fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. It says, let no one be found among you who engages in witchcraft. Let's continue. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 31. It says this, do not turn 
to mediums or seek out spiritists, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 6, it says, I will set my face against anyone who turns to mediums and spiritists to prostitute themselves by following them, and I will cut them off from their people. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 27 says this, A man or woman who is a medium or spiritist among you must be put to death. Can we turn to our neighbor and say death? You are to stone them. Their blood will be on their own heads. Amen. I want to talk to you real quick about the word occult. The occult definition means sorcerers, sorceress, mediums, wiccans, witchery, fortune tellers, voodooism, magic, black magic, black art, white magic, Ouija boards, tarot cards, conversing with the dead, grave soaking that a lot of Christians are practicing, fortune telling, mumbo jumbo, abracadabra, all the magic, all the things, they fall under the occult. And the Bible here is very clear that you must stay clear away from these evil satanic acts. I'll say it again. These are evil satanic acts. Do not be consumed by them. It reminds us through Deuteronomy, through the book of Leviticus. It reminds us over and over and over again. Do not be defiled by these acts. But sadly and unfortunately, in Christianity, there are many leaders who claim to be apostles, and they are found hanging out with people, individuals, who claim themselves as Christians, who use tarot cards. It's called Christ alignment, they call it. Saying that God purposed them to be able to use tarot cards, and they change the name from tarot cards to destiny reading cards. And Christians are diving into these things called Christian destiny reading cards, Christian Uji boards, they call it, giving Christians the opportunity to speak to dead loved ones who are Christians and who died in the loving arms of Jesus. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. And we learn about Kundalini spirit. The acts, meaning kundalini, it means a.k.a. shakti, a.k.a. kiras, a.k.a. divine energy, which leads to jerky movements, and you can see videos online about these things. And we see a bunch of these acts, absolutely crazy acts, and we are introduced with books called Draw the Circle. I mentioned briefly last week, but the author, his name is Mark Betterson, it's an absolute heretical book, by the way. Stay away from this book. Pastor Chelly, online famous pastor and a reviewer in this article, he reviewed the book in this book, and he said this. He said, the promise of his book, of Mark Batterson's book, Draw the Circle, the promise of his book is that it will show you how to claim God-giving promises, pursue God-sized dreams, and seize God-ordained opportunities. You'll learn how to draw prayer circles around your family, your job, your problems, and your goals. Praying in circles is fast becoming a thing in some evangelical churches. People have been taught to draw circles on the things they want, or even to walk in circles on the things they are sure the Lord ought to grant them. In other case, they are to pray around those things and in that way to claim them for the Lord. And he goes on, and he goes on to say about the book, about the book, Draw the Circle, about the author, Mark Batterson, that it is extra-biblical, unbiblical, and anti-biblical, in which I wholeheartedly agree. We cannot add to the Scripture. We cannot have our own version of the Scripture. And it's simply unbiblical and anti-biblical. I want to talk to you guys about a specific story found here uh, that a lot of people just pass over, a lot of pastors pass over this story, but this is a very important story because literally right after this, Saul dies. And it's a story of Saul and the witch from Endor and the death of Saul. Let's all turn to 1 Samuel chapter 28. I'm going to read from verse 3 to 25. And the title says this, Saul and medium at Endor. Medium means a spiritist, 
a witch. That's what it means. Someone who taps into the supernatural, who speaks to the spirits. Verse 3 says this, Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in his own town of Ramah. So I had expelled the mediums and spiritists from the land. It was forbidden to have spiritists and mediums in the land of Israel. It was forbidden. You would have to stone them and kill them. You need to get them out of the land. Verse 4, it says, The Philistines assembled and came and set up camp at Shunem. While Saul gathered all Israel and set up camp at Gilboa, when Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Terror filled his heart. Verse 6, he inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dream or urim or prophets. Saul then said to his attendants, find me a woman who is a medium, so I may go and inquire of her. There is one in Endor, they said. So Saul disguised himself, putting on other clothes, and at night he and two men went to the woman, consult a spirit for me, he said, and bring up for me the one I name. Verse 9, but the woman said to him, surely you know what Saul has done. He has cut off the mediums and spirits from the land. Why have you set a trap for my life to bring about my death? She thinks this is a setup. Verse 10, Saul swore to her by the Lord, as surely as the Lord lives, you will not be punished for this. Then the woman asked, whom shall I bring up for you? Bring up Samuel, he said. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out at the top of her voice and said to Saul, why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, don't be afraid. What do you see? The woman said, I see a ghostly figure coming up out of the earth. And who is this figure? Verse 14, what does he look like? He asked, an old man wearing a robe is coming up, she said. Then Saul knew it was Samuel. And he bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. Verse 15, Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? I am in great distress, Saul said. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has departed from me. He no longer answers me, either by prophets or by dreams. So I have called on you to tell me what to do. Samuel said, why do you consult me now that the Lord has departed from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done what he predicted through me. The Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hands and given it to one of your neighbors, to David. Because you did not obey the Lord or carry out his fierce wrath against the Amalekites, the Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will deliver both Israel and you into the hands of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also give the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. Immediately, Saul fell full length on the ground, filled with fear because of Samuel's words. His strength was gone, for he had eaten nothing all that day and all that night. When the woman came to Saul and saw that he was greatly shaken, she said, Look, your servant has obeyed you. I took my life in my hands and did what you told me to do. Now please, listen to your servant and let me give you some food so you may eat and have the strength to go on your way. He refused and said, I will not eat. But his men joined the woman in urging him and he listened to them. He got up from the ground and sat on the couch. The woman had a fattened calf at the house, which she butchered at once. She took some flour, knitted it, and baked bread without yeast. Then she set it before Saul and his men, and they ate. The same night, they got up and left. What an interesting story here. Right before Saul, he dies. It's like the movie Final Destination. He sees his death. He hears about his death and how he will die. And his strength gets zapped out from him. He has no strength to eat. But his man and the woman, all she wants to do is let him go, right? Because she doesn't want to die. She's fearing for her life. And Saul, he keeps his promise. And that same evening, they get up and they leave. 
two grave sin, or three, uh, that Saul made. Uh, this is separate. Uh, number one is the Amalekites, what he should have done, what he should have listened to, what he should have obeyed before the Lord. He failed to do so, and he blamed others. He never claimed God as his own God. He told Samuel, pray to the Lord your God. Second thing is that he tried to kill David, right? He tried to kill an innocent man. And third, what happened here is this story found in 1 Samuel chapter 28. He goes ahead and he seeks out a medium. He goes and seeks other help other than the Lord. In life, as a Christian, may we never turn to any other book but the book that we have in our hands. But the scripture, the holy scripture, the holy Bible that we have in our hands today. May we pursue God and continue to pursue after him and seek and feed on the word of God, which leads to our point number one. Turn to God only. Turn to God only. We need to say to ourselves, my God is the greatest. There is none that compares to my God. But in desperation here, Saul, he turns to the occult. Again, the occult, the supernatural, mysticism, magic, astrology, alchemy, parapsychology, meaning physics, psychic powers, telepathy, psychokinesis. All these things, they fall under the power of the occult, the supernatural. That's why whenever I drive or, or I see a building, a psychic building, I pray against it. I pray in Jesus' name, be gone. Let's go back to verse 3 and verse 7. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in his own town of Ramah. So I expelled the mediums and spirits from the land. The Philistines assembled and came and set up camp at Shunem, while Saul gathered all Israel and set up camp at Gilboa, when Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Terror filled his heart. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or Urim or prophets. Saul then said to his attendants, Find me a woman who is a medium, so I may go and inquire of her. What a fool! What he should have done was repented and continued to seek after God no matter what. But in his desperation and in his fear because he was afraid, because terror filled his heart, he went ahead and sought out a different route. And as Christians, it's very tempting. And many times, it's easy for us to turn a different way, to go and to seek answers outside of God. But no matter what, no matter what you're going through, no matter what stage you're in, no matter how old you become, no matter how difficult your circumstances become, or how dire the situation is, you must turn to God only and Him alone, and that is it, no one else. Saul here, he is a fool. This shows the spiritual decline of his life. How lost. How sad. Really pusangi, right? And how desperate Saul must have been. It says fear filled his heart. He was afraid. Terror filled his heart. How desperate Saul must have been to seek a medium, a witch, a spiritist. And this is what happens when we lose our sight of God. We seek other things to bring us fulfillment. And we foolishly seek and pursue other means to look for comfort and for our answer. Many times we turn to books, self-motivating books, self-help books. A lot of Christians go in that direction. And we put the Bible aside. And we don't seek the Lord by reading the word. And the truth is, and we know and you know, and I preach this every week, that Jesus Christ is the answer. It's the only answer. There's no other way. There is no other way. And the scripture makes it clear. John chapter 3, the chapter that we're all familiar with, we're all familiar with verse 16. 
But we're going to go and read from 16 to 21. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then it continues on. It says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Verse 19, it sums up pretty much 1 Samuel chapter 28, what we just read. People love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. That's what Saul was. His deeds were evil. That's why he went ahead and he sought after evil. Verse 20, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God, Jesus Christ is the only way. There is no other way. He is the light and everything else is darkness. John 8 verse 12 says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You and I, we have the light of life because we are followers of Christ. Let's continue. Luke 15, verse 17 to 24. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. Do you know what this one is about? It's about the prodigal son. The prodigal son. Out of his rebellion and his pride, he ran away from God. He ran away from his father. It's an analogy, a picture of us and God. And Saul, he ran away from God. But all he had to do was continue to seek after God and repent. That's why in this parable, it says, When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's higher servants have food to spare. And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your higher servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion, for him, he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. That, my friends, is a picture of us and God. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fan calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Amen. God is the only way. Only God can rescue us. Only God can save us. And when we run to him and we turn to him, he will see us with compassion and he sees us from afar. And he sees us and he loves us and he restores us. He restores us to our rightful place as a child of God. The devil wants us to be lost. The devil wants us to seek any other ways, any other methods but him. But God. But we as Christians, as followers of Christ, you must pursue God and Him alone and no one else. Amen? And the almost crucial lesson here is this, and what we can learn from here, 
It is point number one in this passage, Luke 15. It's turn to God. Turn to God only. Before it's too late. And it is never too late until you take your final breath. Turn to him. Turn to God before it's too late. I mean, what's sad here is that Saul, even after he's given this warning, uh, he just does nothing. He doesn't even want to eat. He loses all of his energy. What he should have done was go on his knees and repent right in that very moment. But he didn't even have, he didn't even have the conviction or the energy to do so. The point of no return. May we not get to this place of point of no return. Blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. Where our heart has calloused and hardened to the point that we no longer pursue God. We no longer have the desire to pursue God. And that's what's been happening during this pandemic. You can make excuses because of the pandemic, pandemic, pandemic. But who is still passionately serving the Lord to this day? Right now, September 12, 2021. Are you pursuing, are you passionate for the Lord as you did before? Many young men and women in churches all around in our area and other areas, they have left the church. They no longer attend the church. They have walked away from their faith. And they don't even have the desire or the conviction to turn back to the Lord. How scary it is for Saul to be in this place. He could not turn to the Lord, not because God did not allow him, but because his heart had become so calloused, so hardened to the point of no return, that it was too late for him. The heart of Saul was the heart of the Pharaoh, like in the story of Exodus with Moses. It says God hardened his heart. But really, his heart was too hardened. Even after all the ten miracles, he still could not see who God was. Saul still could not see. He was still using God as a magical genie. May we never use God, but may we turn to him, like the story here in Luke 15 of the prodigal son. Turn to him. You have to get up. He got up, it says in verse 20. So he got up and went to his father. Come to your senses now before it's too late. Come to your senses now before it's too late. Leading to our point number two and our last point here for today's message is all other paths lead to spiritual death. All other paths lead to spiritual death. Give you a second to finish writing. We'll go to our next passage, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. It says this, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. And that was the path that Saul was on to his death. Spiritual death, physical death. Death he could not escape. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 31. We're continuing on. So we went from chapter 28, and we're going to chapter 31, verse 1 through 6. And the title says, Saul takes his life. Let's begin with verse 1. Now the Philistines fought against Israel. The Israelites fled before them, and many fell dead on Mount Geboah. The Philistines were in hot pursuit of Saul and his sons, and they killed his sons, Jonathan, no Jonathan, Abinadab, and Machishua. The fighting grew fierce around Saul, and when the archers overtook him, they wounded him critically. Saul said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and run me through, or these uncircumcised fellows will come and run me through and abuse me. But his armor bearer was terrified and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. I'm going to say it again. 
So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. He committed suicide. Verse 5, when the armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he too fell on his sword and died with him. So Saul and his three sons and his armor bearer and all his men died together that same day. They were all killed and murdered. And there was no escape. Saul's death, what we read here in chapter 31, was a direct result of his evil doing. There's no one else to blame but himself. Saul's heart was deceived by Satan and he was blinded by his pride. Therefore, Saul took his own life. When he knew it was wrong to take his own life, to commit suicide, he goes ahead and he takes his, his own life. Why? Why is it wrong for us to take our own life? Because your life doesn't belong to you, as the world says. Your life belongs to God. And God is the one that has given you the miracle to have life and to live this life to the full and to overcome all trials and tribulations and all sufferings. And live victoriously in Christ. Your life belongs to God. And suicide, what suicide means is spiritual death. It's spiritual suicide. Your life comes down every day, no matter how hard it becomes, to spiritually fighting every single day. This is why it's so important for us to pray, for us to continue to fight the spiritual fight every day. And we must have faith every single day, not just on Sundays as you're here. Ephesians 6 verse 16 says this, in addition to all this, take up the what? The shield of faith. Can we turn to our neighbor and say the shield of faith? Not a shield of fear, not a shield of doubt. Not a shield of your own strength or of your own doing, but the shield of faith. This comes from Ephesians chapter 6, the passage of the full armor of God, to put on the full armor of God. And this is one of the armor, the shield of faith, which says what? With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Who is the evil one? Satan himself. The attacks of the enemy. Take up the shield of faith. Because every day, you'll be shot with arrows. Every single day. It's not just regular arrows, flaming arrows. Once that arrow hits you, it's going to put your whole body to the flames. Just like the fiery lake of fire. Flaming arrows of the evil one. This is no joke. It doesn't only kill you. The fire eventually leaks into the person next to you. And it will not just kill yourself, but it will kill others as well. Saul here, he did not use the shield of faith. I'm talking about spiritual language here, spiritual context. He let go. He did not have his shield of faith. He had his physical shield, but he did not have his shield of faith. Therefore, the attacks of the flaming arrows that were shot by the evil one, by Satan, it reached them, and eventually it killed them, not just him, but it killed his armor bearer, it killed his three sons, it killed every single one, it killed his army. That's why the Bible is very clear. Ephesians 6, 10 to 12, let's talk about the armor of God. Finally, it says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty Power because why at the end you will win wars, you will win battles by God's strength, by the power of the Lord. Therefore, we must be strong in the Lord. But Saul, he was filled with fear. It says, terror filled his heart. Why? If the Lord is with you, why are you afraid? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against. The devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This, my friends, 
is a spiritual fight. It's a spiritual battle that we must engage in every single day, every single second of our lives. I know it's not easy. I mean, it sounds nice to do it every single second, every single minute. I know it's not easy. That's what makes us who we are as human beings. But we pursue, and it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that will enable us to have that desire, to continue to have that strength. Because again, it says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It comes from God's power and his strength. Amen? Not by your own strength. Satan and his attacks and his way of deceit is not something for you to take lightly. Don't take Satan and his attacks lightly. Satan knows the scripture. Therefore, he knows exactly what he is doing. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your patterns. He knows what triggers you. He knows what will destroy you. He knows what will hinder you. Do not take the attacks, the devil's schemes lightly, the flaming arrows of the evil one lightly. To the naked eye, to the average person, you cannot tell the difference between a real Rolex versus a fake Rolex, right? It's actually very difficult now, especially with uh, the machines that they have, the machinery. I mean, it's very difficult unless you're an expert. It's hard to spot the difference. You must put on our spiritual lenses to be able to see the spiritual attacks, to distinguish what is good, what is godly, what is holy, and what is evil, and what is despicable before the Lord. You must become an expert in the word of God. That's what it means. Pick up the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Right? It says the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword as the word of God. And we must put on everything, our feet ready for the readiness of the gospel. Be ready at all times, it says. The full armor of God. Satan and his attacks and his way of deceit is not something for us to take lightly. He knows the scripture. He knows you. He knows exactly what triggers you. He knows what he is doing. He is also the prince of this world, the Bible says. He is the ruler of this world, this world that we live in. The Bible says he masquerades himself as an angel of light, pretending, using and influencing people every single day to use them for his own bidding to blind them for his purposes. And Satan uses support A, worldly schemes. Support B, false teachers, worldly schemes. He uses numerous false religions, cults, mediums, spiritists to go ahead and to blind the people from being able to see the truth of God. Saul, he was blinded by Satan himself. He was blinded by his own pride. Satan uses worldly schemes, and he uses false teachers. And Satan loves false teachers. Right? They're his favorite generals to commit his evil biddings, to teach Satan's, his false teachings to the lost, to the people who are blind, having them believe that the Rolex that you have is the real Rolex, when in turn, it's the fakest Rolex, and we're pretending, going to church, pretending we are real Christians, when in turn, we're living this fake life. Second Corinthians 11, 13 to 15 says this, For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ, and no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising that if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness, their end will be what their actions deserve. What is their end? The end is death. Just like Saul. It's death and death in itself, and there is no escape. 
John 10, 10 says this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Yes, I'm aware that this passage is not talking about the devil. It's talking about the Pharisees. It's talking about the false teachers. A lot of people take this passage and say it's the devil. But in a way, it is because who influences these evil people to steal, kill, and destroy? It's saying himself. We just read in 1 Corinthians 11. What did Paul teach us? That these false apostles, these deceitful workers, these are human beings, physical people, they emasculate themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder. Why? Because their father, their leader, seeing himself, he masquerades himself as an angel of light. So it's not surprising. Paul's like, I'm not surprised. Of course it is. Verse 15, it's not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. So when when Jesus says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, yes, he's talking about the Pharisees. Yes, he's talking about the false leaders and the teachers, but he's talking about sin himself. Because Satan is the one that sets the standard of their evil acts. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Many false teachers, a lot of worldly schemes that the devil uses to blind the people. And these men and women are used as Satan's instruments who are full of evil to do his biddings. In the end, it is not, we cannot say, I want to take some ownership here. Uh, the devil made me do it. I mean, it's a mix of everything. Uh, a mix of your pride, your rebellion, your rebellious heart. Your heart and heart, your disobedience before God during the week or even on Sundays, our lack of going on our knees and seeking after Him, praying to Him, reading the scripture, allowing the worldly desires and the worldly pursuits and the worldly dreams to become our treasure. Devil is behind all of that. But in the end, we cannot blame and say the devil made me do it. Instead, it is I have allowed my sinful nature and its worldly treasures and pursuits to consume my very life and to blind me. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you cannot see the flaming arrows. You cannot extinguish the flaming arrows. How are you able to discern what is right and what is wrong? You must stand before the Lord. Turn to him only. And all other paths lead to spiritual death. And when we live this way, when we live in our sinful nature, when we live under the world, the realm of the world, which Satan is the prince of this world, and his worldly treasures and his worldly pursuits, we fall under the enemy's schemes, the lies and the traps, and eventually to my spiritual death. Evil men and evil women, they cannot be agents and ambassadors of what is good, of what is godly, of what is holy, but they are instead, rather they are agents of Satan and ambassadors of Satan, and they don't even know that they are. They can no longer be agents and ambassadors of for light, for holiness, for righteousness, for what is pure. But rather, they become agents of sin, the prince of darkness, the evil one, the liar, the killer, the counterfeiter, the rebellious one. He is the rebellious one because he is the one that started it all, the fall. And in the end, Adam... He was fully equipped, but yet he put his guard down. He was not alert, and he was not of sober mind. It says he was right there when Satan was tricking him, tricking her, tricking Eve into eating the fruit, and he stood there doing nothing. 1 Peter 5 says this, 
memorize this scripture. Okay, memorize this, know it in your heart. This is one of the passages that we must know. Uh, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You read this and you're like, ooh, scary. Lion, oh no. But he is like a roaring lion. It's like a doggy that you see that wears like a lion costume. It's cute. It's not scary at all. He's like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Yes, Satan is strong. Yes, the temptation is strong. The desires and the pursuit of this world is strong. But may we never forget. May you never forget today, September 12, 2021. May we never forget who our God is and who my God is. Do you know your God? Do you know who he is? Do you know the power of his death and his resurrection? Does the Holy Spirit reside within you? Does it? If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you're susceptible to be filling, to be filled with other spirits, with other things. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. That includes you, and that includes your loved ones. So be strong, be alert. May your end not be like that of Saul, but may you continue to be humble, repent, pick yourself back up. Even when you feel that God is far away and you're filled with terror in your heart, seek the Lord. Seek him as David did in Psalm 51. Seek him and you will be found and he will find you. Just like what we went over, Luke, the story of the prodigal son. Run to him. Run after him. He will pursue him. He will passionately pursue after you. But you need to get up. You need to come to your senses. It says the son came to his senses. Get, come back to your senses. Wake up. Put on your spiritual lens. Wake up now before it's too late. Wake up right now. The time is now. Closing with this. I want to read to you guys from a psalm. Uh, Psalm 91 uh, has been on my heart uh, this week. And I believe that this psalm really ties well with the message. And it really ties in with the heart of the message about seeking the Lord and trusting in Him and not trusting in anyone else. Again, what are the points? Turn to the Lord only. Turn to God only. And what is point number two? What's point number two? All other paths lead to spiritual death. And we saw the end of Saul. And you saw the legacy and the life of Saul. What he continually did. God gave him chances after chances. Chances after chances. Chances after chances. Even in 1 Samuel chapter 28, that was his chance to repent to the Lord and to humble himself and to restore his relationship with David and to restore his relationship with God. But even then, he held on to his stubbornness and he still held on and he lived in defeat. The spirit is the same. The spirit of defeat is the same. The spirit of Judas is the same. The spirit of Saul is the same. The spirit of the Pharaoh is the same. It's the spirit of no return. You get to a point of no return. You get to a point where you're so far off. We blaspheme the Holy Spirit. There is no conviction of sin. And there is no heart of repentance. There is no heart of humility. And therefore, when we, we don't even have the desire to turn to the Lord. Right now is the time. In the time that we're living in. Right now, this is a very crucial time in history and season where many Christians are leaving their faith. Many Christians are walking away from their faith. Maybe because they didn't have faith in the beginning. Maybe they went to church just to play church. Just for the fellowship. Just for the friendships. But that is not why we go to church. We go to church because we love the Lord and the Lord loves us. Because He redeemed you and He saved you. Because of His death and His resurrection, you and 
and I have life and life to the full. And therefore your life, it doesn't belong to you. It is not our decision to end our life and to say when it is done, God, my life is my destiny. I do what I want. But it's according to your timing, God. And right now, God, it is difficult, but I will trust in you and I will hold on to you and I will seek you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, Lord. Don't give up. It's not too late. Never too late. Psalm 91 says this. If you could just bow your heads with me at this time. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side. 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you made the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue them and I will rescue him. I will protect them, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation amen lord thank you for the promise thank you for the promise that we have oh lord that we can find refuge and strength in the shelter of the most high Saul could not find the refuge and the shelter of the most high instead when he saw the philistines when he saw the enemies he did not turn to you and trust in you and humble himself before you, O Lord. But yet he was filled with fear and he turned to other mediums and other spirits. He turned to other methods to find rest and peace. Yet in the end, it led him to his death and to his spiritual decline and to spiritual death. Oh God, may we not, may we not, Lord. We pray with humility, may I not. Please, God, keep me under the shadow of your wings. May I always have the conviction of the Holy Spirit to know, God, what is godly, to know what is right, and to know what is wrong, and to trust in your unfailing love, oh God, and his promise that you are the truth and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through you, oh God, it says in John 14. So, God, I trust in you in your words when you say, I am the way that... I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So God, may we have peace. It says, I have said these things to you so that you may have peace. These are your words, Jesus, so that we may have peace. In this world, we will have trouble. But Lord, you remind us today, you remind us through John 14, to take heart, oh God, for it is never too late, for I have overcome the world. Amen. Yes, God, I trust in your word. I trust in your promises, oh God. And I place my hope in you, oh God because he loves the Lord because he loves me says the Lord I will rescue him because she loves me says the Lord I will rescue her 
my beautiful, precious daughter. She will call on me. He will call on me. What does it say? Doesn't say I will reject. It says I will answer. I will answer him, and I'll be with him and her in trouble, and I will deliver him and her, and honor him and her. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Do you know the gospel, the power, and the death, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ? There's power in His name. All other power, all other gods, they compare not. To our living God, He is the Lord who was and who is to come. He is. Remember from our study, our scripture study in Revelation one. I am the Alpha and the Omega. He is the Lion and the Lamb, the true Lion. He was a Lamb when He came. Because he came to die as an innocent lamb that was slaughtered, his blood that shed, that gave us life, that washed away our sins. But he will come back as a lion, as the true king, to come to judge the world. So trust in him. In him is life. You cannot save yourself. You and I, we do are not good. We are not good. We cannot save ourselves from this life of sin. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Trust in Him, rely on Him, and hold on to Him. Before we pray, as a church, as an individual, and as a congregation, can we just all turn our eyes to the screen real quick? And can we read these two passages together, in unison, and united as one? Let's start with First Corinthians, and then we'll go to First John. But let's start with First Corinthians first, and let's make this our declaration of faith before the Lord, and say with courage and with confidence. Amen. Okay, let's read together. Ready? One, two, three. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. May that sink in for a second. What reason do I have to be sad and to be lost? When I have you, O Lord, you give us the spirit, the spiritual victory. Spirit of gratitude and joy to live this life well. Let's read First John five four to five. Ready all together. Ready one two three. For everyone born of God overcome the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Then you will overcome. You will overcome, and overcome you shall. So let's come together now, as a church. I want to invite the praise team to come up. And can we all just take a moment to pray together and to pursue God together? And to seek Him in the place where you are in your life right now. Let's just come together and worship Him. May we pray to Him. May we seek His face before it is too late. May we find Him while He may be found. May we hide in the shadow and in the shelter of the Most High. Let us pray together.
praise Now I sing a song of hope I'm praising you, my Lord You have wiped away my tears Of yesterday Lord, let me live my life in worship for your name. Just like the word says, God, exhausting life has deprived us from your grace. Lord, forgive us for placing our hearts and things that fade. Lord, all the fruitless things that distracts us, Lord, from you, the main one. May we turn to the Lord, turn to God only. Lord, we live a life missing of your grace. May we not try to overcome by our own strength, by our own good deeds, but may we surrender and trust in you and you alone. So God, we make that declaration today. Now we live this life, the life that you have given us, we live the life to look upon the one who's holding us. When our life was hopeless beyond death, the one who saved me, and his name is Jesus. So God, we trust in you today. Remember the words of Psalm 91, that whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by night. We will say, the Lord is our, my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling. And because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he has acknowledged my name. He will call me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Heavenly Father, we look to you. We trust in your unfailing love. And God, I pray that we would turn to you and you alone and you only. And God, all the path leads to spiritual death. We trust in your unfailing love. We trust in your providence. We trust in your promises. We hold on to you, even when we have fallen away, like the prodigal son, as Saul did, as Judas did. Lord, we turn to you with repentance. For each passing second is an opportunity for us to turn it all around by repentance, by turning to you, O oh God. We love you. We thank you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Amen. And amen. amen.